All right. Messy Truths is back. This is Mar recording from Montreal. Nisha, Nisha from La Ville de Maria, Tioe, Tiowakan. And Azar back in New York City from a really fun week in Montreal last week, actually, guys. That's right. You were here for a little bit visiting Canada after like two years. Seriously, like I was just waiting for those borders to reopen and I immediately headed over once I got the okay. So that was fun. It was nice to see you, Mar. I'm sorry I missed you, Nisha. That's why um, I wasn't saying anything because I was very, I was like bitter. I was, I was bitter, so. You missed the soup dumpling date. Oh, oh man. No, I got to spend time with the GMA, so. I hear that. Listen, more to come. I'm definitely going to be making more trips over now that hopefully it stays this way, that there's like some kind of, you know, flow back and forth from the U.S. to Canada. Um, And I think we're supposed to be doing a New York City ladies trip. Was that not like on the books? Yeah, that that came up afterwards in in the chat. We... uh... We're definitely due for a reunion in New York City because it, it was like three years the last time that we were Absolutely. there, right? The last time we hit New York, Oz was pregnant with my curly hair boy mm-hmm. <laughs> and Miranda was nursing me back to health after I mashed up my leg looking for my wedding dress and I dropped it on these two that I was getting married. Yeah, that was that was quite the bomb. That was something you dropped on us. That was May. Wait, wait, May 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was. I think it was May 3rd, actually. I just walked into the hotel room. It was late at night. I arrived really late. And all of a sudden, I see you laid up in bed with a torn meniscus or, yeah. or, or a strained meniscus. And, hey, I'm getting married. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know what, if I was in the States, I would have sued the cement makers of the New York streets because it was New York cement is hard. Why do you have to be in the States to sue? Why couldn't you sue even being in Canada? Because, you know, Canada, we're too polite to be doing all that. Yeah, my man, you were across the border. You could have hired yourself a nice little injury attorney over here. Zero (laughs) dollars up front. Go get that money. On the billboard, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into it. What's our topic today? We're about to discuss the worst jobs ever. And leading into that, we're going to be talking about OnlyFans and this incredible like fiasco that they've gone through over the past <laughs> over the past couple of weeks. So as you guys know, if you if you've been like living under a rock and haven't heard anything about OnlyFans, we all know it's a content platform where you you view content behind a paywall that is usually the price is usually set by the content creators themselves and it's look it's for all content creators but we all know that OnlyFans is like the go-to ground zero for sex workers and you know just people who might be doing this as a side gig so, so- essentially OnlyFans um, recently announced that they are suspending all their adult content. um, And then uh, eventually they did a quick U-turn and changed their mind. So, yeah, let's. uh, (laughs) Was it like 90? 
I mean, I don't have, I don't go see OnlyFans, but I, my, like, the vision I had of OnlyFans was that it was mostly for, like, sex workers, right? Like, it was mostly, like, a sexual really? platform. Was it not? I Am I wrong? I don't think it, I don't think it was specifically only designed for adult content, but I think that people really loved the concept and they just went and, so, and did it. Let me get this straight, because I'm one of those people who are kind of late all the time until my students are like, Miss, can you get with the program? I still don't have oh, a TikTok you don't, account. You don't want your students coming to you with this. No, no, but I still don't have a TikTok account because I heard it's highly addictive. But so are you telling me OnlyFans is like essentially a stalker site because you have to go and stock up. You pay to stalk people. Well, you're paying to see exclusive content that these people won't and can't actually put on other social media platforms. From what I understand, there's no kind of censorship when it comes to OnlyFans. So, yep. you know, you get a little more than what you get on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Um, but, but I know that I, obviously people like to pay for, for sexual content. And I know that that was a platform where you could provide that kind of content. And well, here's the thing, Oz. It's pandemic. Now, if you're trying to date, you got to get a COVID test and an STD test. So why not do OnlyFans? Get your little knock, rock off your knocks, or you know what I'm saying? Do what you got to do, Pamela. And you're good. You would pay for a lady of the night or a mister of the streets. <laughs> so you just go to OnlyFans. And I, I think ce celebrities and, and um, you know, personalities online also provide like additional you know insider content exclusive content to that i think that's the whole concept right between be, with the whole only fans concept is that you get you pay you get a little bit more but yeah the whole thing is that why do you know mar why they decided to to turn down the sexual content um yeah so let me dig into my payment processing experience and knowledge here so essentially um you know, when a, when a site, when a platform like this is uh, processing these types of orders, they have to play by spe special rules according to the card networks, which are Visa, MasterCard, etc. And oftentimes with these sorts of platforms, you encounter a lot of, uh, you know, sort of dodgy activity online. People use stolen credit cards to make these mm -hmm. purchases. Um, it's a subscription model, so anyone who knows anything about subscription models online knows that it's banking on you, forgetting that you have the subscription, and that you will just let the uh, just let your credit card be charged on a month-to-month -month basis. Sometimes you forget. In this case, I don't think anyone's forgetting that they signed up to OnlyFans, and with that in mind, uh, you're signing up to content that you know, at whatever threshold, whatever price threshold the content creator is setting, you're paying that price each month. And so whatever they decide to put up, if it's, hey, if you're like a, um, a foot model and you're putting up foot content, you want to have videos about, <laughs> about your feet, rubbing them together. That is a thing. That's a special kink and a fetish for some people. Um, if that's what you want to do, or you want to get into something a little more graphic, you can do that. It's really up to the person. It's up to the customer who's the subscriber who's paying for this content. And so 
um, when you run into all kinds of issues, like with chargebacks, like people, you know, saying, oh, I didn't pay for that when they really did. <laughs> or, or, you know, they maybe their card legitimately, maybe their credit card legitimately was stolen. There's cases where you do have to go to your bank and say, look, I didn't pay for this content and I'd like you to reverse the charges. And when enough of that happens, those banks start to pay attention. Visa and MasterCard start to pay attention. They start to worry, like, what's going on here? <laughs> There's a lot of this. Are you violating our rules? You know, so I'm sure OnlyFans probably thought to themselves, like, oh, man, we're really we're, we're really pushing the, uh, the boundaries. We're pushing the limits here with what we're allowed to um, what we're allowed to do. And all of the, you know, fraudulent activity, I'm sure that's that's just part of the nature of these sorts of adult platforms. It is a very common thing. You can expect that there will be a high rate of fraudulent activity. And I I'm I'm certain that they probably were encountering that on the back end and probably faced a lot of pressure from the banks and and Visa and MasterCard to um, to lessen that. It's sort of similar to the pressure that was being put on Pornhub. Um, not for uh, price reasons, but because of social and political reasons, right? There were young, there were a lot of uh, young people, teenagers uh, that were um, uh, being uh, trafficked. Their content, unbeknownst to them, was being shared on those platforms. And as, as a result, they faced a lot of pressure from Visa to um, straighten out that content, make sure that it was taken down, that it should have never even have been up there in the first place. And a lot of these sites rely on moderators. They rely on people to manually go in and check for this content. I don't know if they have any sort of AI technology that has, you know, gotten a little more uh, intuitive and can, you know, do the job that a human would. But either way, there's still... Uh, a lot that needs to be done in, ter in terms of moderating that content. And so OnlyFans has hired more moderators, or they say they're going to, and I think they probably reached some agreement with the banks after seeing how much money they would lose. And you're talking about, when you mentioned celebrities that are on these sites, you're talking about Cardi B. You're talking uh. about, like, yeah, you're talking about pretty popular people. Whether they do, you know, um, explicit adult content or not, it's not really the point. The larger your celebrity, the larger your brand, the more money you're obviously bringing in. So whether it's adult content or not, the fact that they were threatening to close so many different accounts, that's a huge chunk of money that is being lost, a huge chunk of revenue that they're that they're losing. So... I, I don't uh, think it's quite a surprise to see them um, do a U-turn on that decision. But if it were me and I were a content creator, I would not be going on OnlyFans to put out content. I mean, they made that decision once. Who's to say that they can't make the decision to cut the cord again, you know? Wow. True. I'm, I'm still, I don't know. I still feel like it's a stalker site. I feel like... You're not I a stalker. Know. You're a fan. You're a fan. You're a paying fan. It's like being part of the fan club back in the day in those yeah. magazines, you know? Yeah. You get a little extra. See, but that's scary. That sounds like happy massages with happy endings to me. Virtual ones. 
whatever floats your boat. Right? I guess so. so like, whatever puts the wind in your sail. I just want to know, are we equating shitty jobs to OnlyFans or are these just two completely separate no, topics? Fam, that <laughs> all, all I know is this, these content creators need to find something a little more sustainable because as a digital content creator, this isn't it. This really isn't it. Long term, that, no. But wait a minute. People always want what they can't have. So isn't that what the content creator is banking on that people will always crave that like secret sauce kind of thing like look at the prohibition when you weren't allowed to have alcohol bootleggers were out there living their best life making money so in some sense these content creators aren't they just capitalizing on the secret desires of what people want i think they found a niche that I think they found a niche that makes the money and they're just going with it without a long-term plan. I think that's what it comes down to. Look, there's a, uh, there's a really good book uh, written by, I believe his name is Tyler Cohen. He's like an economist and really uh, just, just a really interesting, uh, interesting guy and academic. Um, and he talks he, in his book, it's called Average is Over. And it's a book about how we've gone from being this society in North America of um, thinkers and inventors and creators, like doing some amazing things. And as a result, um, creating these amazing industries and jobs for so many different people. And what he does is he looks at all of the different eras in, um, from an economic perspective and assesses like how much humans have been evolving in terms of our ideas. And we're now at the stage where we're lazy, we don't really think very deeply about um, too many things. We're not creating anything of true, like tremendous value. I mean, we are, but like, who are the biggest oh, no, employers to today? Agree. Who are the biggest employers today? It's like Facebook and Twitter and all these other, you know, uh, tech companies. No, and even I then, agree. even then, he points out that the volume of jobs that are being created from these industries. It's not that big compared to the auto industry, compared to what was created from the industrial age, where we're, we've gotten we've gotten like just very complacent and comfortable with ourselves. And I think he the one thing he does point out is that there will be a huge gap, even bigger gap between the high income earners and the lower income earners. And we're seeing that today. And that's what's happening is you have a lot of people who are ditching their nine to five that probably didn't pay them very well. And they're settling for, or they're, or they're deciding, Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to go for the stuff that just makes me a ton of money right now. So I can buy the house that I want, live the, live the life that I want. And is it sustainable? Is it going to be long-term? It remains to be seen, but it, it likely isn't. I mean, that's true. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know how many remakes I've seen of Gossip Girl, Jurassic Park. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? We in the entertainment industry, ideas. yeah. Some Same of the, thing in the music industry. Yeah. I mean, listen, I just heard, I don't even remember the song, but I knew the sample was Aaliyah. I'll tell you that. I heard the song. I was like, oh, I like this. And I was like, oh, it's Aaliyah's sample. So, yeah, I hear you. I think I only get excited when I see creative ideas these days. But OnlyFans actually is like 
it's actually an indication of how work has changed. Because I think you're right. I was just reading an article about, it's actually a shout out to this diversity, like she's a diversity guru. Pardon me. They are. They go by the pronouns they and them. And their name is Lily Shang. And she's a, they are a big diversity guru. And they write about, this is the time to quit your job if you want to work remotely you want to get paid more and you want to be worth more, especially as a BIPOC person, this is the time to leave the table. And that's what they're writing about. Well, isn't it the great resignation? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. Right. The great resignation. Mm -hmm. I might be on that train. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, there is, there is a lot out there right now. And we, we, the pandemic has definitely changed the way that we work and our productivity has shown to increase while we're working remotely, whether that's good or bad for our work-life balance or not. In terms of companies, they can totally lower their overhead costs and support this remote work where we're not wasting time commuting. And that's not for every, necessarily for every um, job or, or, or every every company, but for sure, for people who incorporate businesses across the world, if you're just going to go into the, an office to sit at a desk, you could do that from home, you know? Exactly. And, and I feel like the companies who have not picked up on this and have not moved ahead with the times are really going to feel that significant, um, that hit with the great resignation because people have other options, especially as the world opens up and there are companies who are allowing you to, and having the flexibility to let you work remotely. And the dinosaurs are going to get left behind basically. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree. Um, I think what the pandemic made us realize is how much we overwork in our society. However, I think working at home yeah, yo, you need space. I can't. Ex- you need space. Tell God. me about it. Oh Ooh. gosh, if we had a whole episode about work chronicles at home with one's partner, <laughs> we, listen, we oh heard the popo twice in this podcast, right? I heard the sirens twice. So I don't know. You either having babies or divorces or something's happening. Yeah, try working from home with multiple kids. Yeah, um, that's a whole around. other category. Mm-hmm. That's oh the working gosh. mom trying to get the children to learn who are different ages, different grades. That's a whole other episode because I, I have parents. I've seen this recent commercial about this uh, this man and he's sending his kids off to the first day of school and he got bolts on the door when they leave. Because he's like, they can't come back. <laughs> we just spent a year. And I thought this commercial is hilarious. But I just hope, everyone knows I'm a teacher. I just hope y'all know what we do every day. When oh, we learned. Oh, we do. Learn. Oh, I have we a learned. friend. Her whole TikTok is about how her children drove her crazy in the pandemic. And how she was like bowing down to statues of teachers. We we heard some of that pain in Azar's voice. <laughs> oh God! In the group chat, you remember that? Oh, <laughs> there was sometimes she was like, "Niche, I don't know how you do this." Do you remember? Absolutely. I mean, they're my kids. I have no choice. The fact that you choose to do this on a daily basis, girl, I question. I question your sanity. 
well, God bless you and all the teachers. Seriously. I mean, we, we can't say that enough, but let's, let's go back to the subject at hand guys, because I mean, I want to talk about, first of all, let's give some background. Miranda and I met at McDonald's. I ate McDonald's. You ate McDonald's. We, I mean, we all eat McDonald's, unfortunately, as sad as it is to, uh, you know, to admit, but, um, McDonald's and I met, uh, I mean, McDonald's and I, Miranda and I <laughs> met at McDonald's in the nineties. I'm not going to say what year because, you know, I'm already aging myself as it is, but, um, that was really where our friendship blossomed and grew, uh, with all the drama that we endured at that horrible location, <laughs> McDonald's. and, um, I have a couple of anecdotes, but, um, let me just, let me let you guys run off some of your worst jobs before we get into the stories. Um, I'm a loser. All my jobs related to my current career. I was one of those kids. My really? Friend, you didn't have like a pharmacy job or like a, a job at Subway? Go home smelling like Subway? No, no. I never did oh. any retailing. Shout out to wow. and, and I have a friend who, who worked in like Dynamite. For those of you in Canada who know what Dynamite is, it's like going to, I don't know, uh, Rainbow. And yes. She would say, she would say, yo, you better fold back those clothes because that triggers me when you don't fold the clothes back. <laughs> um, I never worked at any of the fast foods. I went straight into being a counselor in training to a camp counselor, to the head of the camp, to a tutor. I had a whole teacher life of jobs. Wow. So Good education was really your field. You've been in yeah. education-related roles your entire life. Girl, wow, you are amazing. blessed. That is yes. not you being a loser. That is you being blessed, believe me. Although I have to say, working at McDonald's gave me work ethic like a motherfucker. You cannot I heard. beat McDonald's. I mean, we had... If we had a moment where we weren't working, it was stainless. Right, Miranda? Do you remember? Yeah. So yeah. if if we were basically not busy with at the cash register or cooking up some patties in the back, we had to wipe down everything stainless steel in that store. And as you know, everything is stainless steel in that store. So um, they made sure that every minute that we were getting paid was accounted for. So I do want to just say that any job after the McDonald's job was incredible um so i definitely learned a lot from that experience wow my my worst job was actually in the area of telemarketing it was really bad <laughs> and there mcdonald's wasn't bad i met some great people at mcdonald's like as as, as tough that. as that job was still it there were some good people we met some good people at that we job. did but honestly, the worst job I had was a telemarketing job. It was when I was a university student and uh, I needed the money one summer. I was low on student loans and bursaries. So I worked not only one job at a, as a receptionist at a hospital for an outpatient clinic, but I also worked another job. I decided to take on a second job. Maybe that's my paternal Jamaican side coming through you know, all those jokes about Jamaicans holding more than one job. Um, and yeah, I, I, I ended up um, getting hired at this place, selling fake ad space for a fake directory. You know the deal. It's totally fraudulent, totally dodgy. Oh my God. And I was there, I think I lasted all of two weeks. 
But wow. it was just enough time to get a paycheck and to pay down a phone bill and maybe some other stuff that I needed at the time. It was a terrible job. I don't even remember the name of it. That's how insignificant that job was. Wow. The owner or the manager at the time saw me walk in late numerous evenings. And I was I was going from my hospital job to that job in the evening. So I was working a really long time and I was dead by the time that I got home. You think mm -hmm. I cared about that job? It was awful. I was just there for the paycheck. But um, I'm surprised I lasted two weeks. I really was. Wait, I did have an interesting job when I was at McGill. I, because I, I, you, you reminded me, you said like it's our Jamaican to hold down more than one job. So I'm not Jamaican, but I'm black. And so I, at <laughs> one point, I held down, I think it was two or three jobs at McGill because uh, I had to pay my way through. And if you go to McGill and you go into education, there's a time where you can't work because you're teaching. So, but now you see this, I feel like I should get retroactive pay because now they pay you, pay you to go student teaching. Yeah. Like, yo, I had to work up until February to make sure I had enough money to lead me to the summer. But anyways, I want my money back to the government of Quebec. <laughs> Just saying. Good luck with that. Good luck getting your money yeah. back from the government. You ain't never so, seen that. At one, one, like my four years at McGill, the most, in, I mean, at one point I was the receptionist at the student union. I was the, that hello person, you know, when you call the McGill number, I was the switchboard operator, The hello, but person. I was actually the football manager of the McGill Redbirds. I remember this. Why yeah, do I remember this? I yeah. remember this. Cause we all met at McGill. Well, I, yes. yeah. So I was the manager. I was actually the equipment manager. So I had to disinfect the jockey straps. Oh, come oh. on. That's, that sounds terrible. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. The jock straps? Fam, oh. athletes and the jock straps? Oh, it's terrible. But you oh. know what was interesting? Like when they would try to, because I'm a female manager, right? The only female manager in the history of the Redbirds. And they would say, Niche, you know, that's not my cup size. I'm like, well, that's not what the list says. That's your cup <laughs> size, bro. <laughs> like, don't try that with me. I have inside information. Yeah, this 19-year-old carrying all the football equipment. That's not my cup size. Get out of here. <laughs> but I you loved it because I love it. football. I love football. Delusions of grandeur, I tell you. <laughs> you still stuck on the cup size. Yeah, I, I, I love football. So I was like, yeah, and I'll never forget it. They were like, she's the manager? Her? And I, I love football. So I was like, yeah. Actually, it wasn't a horrible job. It was a dirty job. Yeah, it oh, sure sounds that dirty. That sounds like it. But Say that again. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I always had my own room because I was the only female. No, nothing can get dirtier than McDonald's. I will tell you Ew. that. At, at our particular McDonald's, when we worked there, when Azar and I worked there, uh, I swear we must have had like this really special crew. I don't know if you remember, Ozzy, but in the beginning, there was one guy who had encountered a bit of racism in the line in front of the cash. And it was I found out about the incident like the very next day when I went into work. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, someone decided to... Uh, uh, express their discontent with another interracial couple in another line in front of the cash. 
And so one of our team members ended up kicking the guy literally out, <laughs> out the store. Do you remember this? I do not remember this. He kicked the guy out the store, literally kicked him from the cash all the way out the door. Nice. It's crazy. And then it's a lawsuit right there. Another <laughs> incident happened again. <laughs> this time it was an old lady, an old white lady who expressed her 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 discontent with interracial mm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And again, same team member came out and he was like, "Look, lady, you gotta go. We're not doing that here." <laughs> Bye. I mean, we definitely yeah. had each other's back then. I do. I did have a low point at McDonald's many, but um, besides the fact that I got into a fight with one of the cashiers while on shift, um, we got <laughs> robbed at knife point. And I mean, that it was so stupid because I mean, this guy had a knife and he was literally like a frail little man. And there was like 17 of us and I mean, when I say nobody did anything, nobody did anything. And I think one of the policies at McDonald's is like, don't try to fight, whatever. Just don't be a hero. Give the money. Don't be a hero. Just give the money. But I mean, come on, guys. Like, you know, it's like a bunch of little young girls in the cash register. And in the back, we had some brolic dudes, you know, and it's kind of like you could have just taken the man in, in the back and just taught him a little lesson. And by the way. The store was crowded and I remember specifically it was some kind of walk and it was a pretty rainy day and this guy came in wearing sunglasses and like a trench coat and a hat. He looked mad suspect and he came right up to the cash register and said, I want to talk to the manager and the manager, like a big idiot, let him in. So he kind of said, "Okay, come because it was super crowded. Come into the back and talk to me here. At which point he put a knife, he put a knife behind my back, he put a knife behind like two other cash register, cash cashiers, and basically asked for us to take the money out of the register. Then right after he had cleared the register, which by the way, we had a line of a crowd in front of us, the next person came up to me and said, you know, whatever, can I have a Big Mac and handed me a $20 bill? And I looked at him like, my man, you just (laughs) saw me get robbed. Do you think I have any change for you right now? Like, are you kidding me? And the fact that we continued to take those orders that day, I mean, it was just stupidity. It was really bad leadership. It was, I guess it was traumatic for a lot of people. I've I've experienced worse than that in my life. So it wasn't on my top list of traumatic experiences. But yeah, a lot of the girls wanted to go home and it was just a mess. But I just feel like it was so poorly handled by everyone. You know, like if we had all as civilians kind of teamed up on this guy, it was it was a joke. You know, him and his knife were a joke. Some of the managers were probably not fit to be (laughs) managers. Oh, let's say that again. I want to go back to the story. You got robbed. And people just were like, all right, robbery's over. Time to order my Big Mac. Yes. Yes, Nisha. Yes. And actually, the man left with the money and said, excuse me, to the crowd. I mean, that's how ridiculous it was. And luckily, nobody got hurt, but it was just stupidity. Um, I think the thing that that the managers failed to tell us while working there is that um, these sorts of stores, these retail locations, tend they plan for this sort of loss. It's 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 loss and prevention. That's the normal thing that happens. They plan for it. It's a part of their business model. But the thing is, someone holds a knife to your back. Obviously, it's going to affect you emotionally. But we it's not the first time the store was robbed. We were robbed like oh, numerous robbed. times. 
Yep. Numerous <laughs> we times. We were an easy target, that's for sure. Just letting people walk out. Nisha, you're shaking your head. Here's the thing. Most of the time, there was no nothing being recorded. Oh, oh yeah. See. That was see, a good, uh, good I just want to point out to the listeners that I, I am the picture of that emoji where the, the, the emoji has their hand on their emoji chin that's like, hmm, what's this about? Because <laughs> I'm like, yo, for, I'm still stuck on having the knife in my back and like, I don't know. Yeah, it was, um, I, it was tough. But, um, you know, I was going to say that, you know, you mentioned this not being the worst job, Mara. I have to agree with you. I, I was just thinking about all the jobs I had. I'm going to start from a very young age just to <laughs> run this oh, through boy. you guys. So uh, I, I want to say my first legitimate job in Montreal was working for the Gazette. But I don't know if I was working for the Gazette or for like a side company for the, of a Gazette. But I definitely was working for a pedophile guy. Guys, let me just oh, put that out oh, there. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, now that I look back, I'm like, hmm, that was not appropriate. Um, so I was about 13 years old. And this guy would come and pick up a bunch of young kids in a van. <laughs> Sorry, oh, trying to sound so God, sketchy. This is terrible. And, <laughs> and we had to go door to door and sell subscriptions to a newspaper, the Gazette, which is a Montreal and then newspaper. Come back home and get locked in the basement with the chain and ball. I'm just no relax. No, 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 no. I mean, he was just inappropriate with us. He didn't. He might have done weird shit with other people, but with me, he was just inappropriate. But the point is, we would get in this van and we would go and he would take us to the shittiest neighborhoods. And one of the incentives for signing up to this newspaper was a food basket. So I want you to think about how unethical and shitty this was that we would go and sign these people up, you know, enticing them with a food basket in probably the shittiest and poorest neighborhoods of Montreal. And they would sign their life away onto these subscriptions of the Gazette and their credit would be shot. And like, you know, as I was doing it, I was just like, oh, I feel so bad about this. Like I hated it. And how we would get compensated was for each of the subscriptions that we sold. Um, but yeah, the guy was super creepy. And so I quit pretty quickly after that. But there was that. Um, and then besides McDonald's, I mean, I think McDonald's followed that. I had a really cool international youth foundation job for the summer and for a week we went um to some city in quebec which i don't remember the name of but it's like the city that the hell's angels are from i don't know if you guys know which city that is but whatever and we went on campus and i met the coolest young leaders from all across the world i still have relationships with these people a friend of mine in kenya uh people from australia the uk europe um and it was just a youth foundation. It was like a conference for all these youth leaders. And that was probably one of the coolest jobs that I had. And that and that job came right after my McDonald's job. And um, real quick, my last anecdote, because this was really one of my last shitty jobs, because every shop, job after this was awesome. I worked at PharmaPri. I remember had, um, that. Yep. I had PharmaPri real- is... Just so people understand, PharmaPri is actually a, uh, it's like the equivalent it's of CVS. Pharmacy. I love yeah. CVS. No, but there's like Walgreens. Walgreens. Yep. That's my favorite. Yeah. So like I worked for um, a really racist piece of shit manager who had a lot to mm. say about my parents and my family, but whatever. Um, 
you know, it's funny how we took that. Like we just took it because it yeah. was just what you had to do. And like nowadays it's kind of like there's so much that you could do, so many repercussions. And back then we just took it. And I think one of the lowest points of that job is there was a lot of meth heads in the area. You know, I worked in MDG mm. and like right on, I don't remember, Cavendish or whatever. There was like a lot of meth heads. And this woman came and asked me for a pack of cigarettes and she was going through something like some psychotic uh. episode and she threw the money at my face. And when I tell you, girls, <laughs> I haven't felt I haven't felt pain what? like that since this bitch threw toonies and loonies at my face, yo. <laughs> like, you needed our friend. You needed our friend Majid from from McDonald's to come over there and take care of her. Yes, kick her ass out of there. <laughs> but isn't that wild? But it was funny. While I was working there, there was another another white cashier working, and one day the feds came and took her ass. And let me just tell you, <laughs> let me just tell you. Why? Why did they escort her out? Yeah, this broad was taking a little strip off the scratch off oh. tickets and, buy, and buying the winning tickets. <laughs> wow, you know, she's creative though. Come on. Yo, you got to give it to her. She almost got away with that shit. I don't terrible. know who the snitch was that told on her, but I, I, her I, ass I, got escorted out by people in suits, <laughs> ladies. Oh in my suits. God. She's known to them. <laughs> but you see, I, 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 have, I have a focus problem because I'm still back on the method who throwing fa- change in your face. That shit hurt me, Sha. You want to talk because, about trauma? I'm traumatized see, by that. More so than the knife. I don't know. I think she could have. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think a lot of swear words would have came out of my mouth. Yo, she was fast. That shit came out of nowhere. I didn't see that shit coming. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even have a chance to turn my head. Wow. See? That shit hurt. You ever seen that, that Stephen King hurt. movie, Maximum Overdrive, where it starts oh. spitting out the change from the vending machine and it like yes. it spits it out so hard that it hits the guy in the face and he ends up being yeah. bloody and everything? That was me. That was me. That was me. <laughs> So you That's got terrible. I don't want to. I don't want to laugh at your misery. <laughs> okay, I'm laughing now. I wasn't laughing then. I'm pretty sure oh. I broke down into tears that day. Oh, but it was terrible. It was awful. It was really bad. The things you endure as a child. The things you endure. I'm telling you. Back to the McDonald's. Look, there was there was a, <laughs> there was. Let me tell you, McDonald's is like one of the worst places to work at. The things you see there are so disgusting. Oh, it's bad. I remember there was a woman who went into the woman's bathroom, okay? And whoever was, I don't know who was do, who was on the lobby shift that day, but man, I feel so sorry for them because they were asked by the manager, or not asked, told by the manager, you need to go in there and clean up that bathroom. Girls in that bathroom... The woman took a dump. She took the feces, smeared it all over the wall. And then the person in the lobby had to go in and actually clean all of that up. It was terrible. And I heard about this. And it's it's not that's the thing. Like these incidents happen all the time because unf- <laughs> the thing is, McDonald's is a place where there's so many people who have mental health issues, who are homeless. They go there to congregate. That's their place. That's the place where they can go to use the bathroom for free and, you know, not face any repercussions or be blocked or anything. And I remember Mm. also 
there was another incident. <laughs> it was I was being driven home because I did uh, the night shift. I was closing with one of the managers and another colleague. And the manager told us about the time that he made, <laughs> I really hope it wasn't the same lobby guy. <laughs> he made him go in. He made him go into the bathroom and someone just yacked in the sink. Oh, ew, oh. ew. I so can't, ew. the lobby person had to go in there and clean it up. And <laughs> you know what they used to take out the vomit? No, no. <laughs> it was the fajita scoop. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Done. It's a wrap. The manager that drove us home that night, he was just like, guys, you could burn, you could melt that (laughs) fajita scoop down to like 450 degrees and it still would not be clean. It still would not be clean. It was oh, terrible. That's so disgusting. So let me let me just send a shout out to all the people who are working at McDonald's. And those of you who are on OnlyFans at age like <laughs> 17, 18, who are creating content and making like $18,000 a month, you have no idea. You have no, no character. Idea. No character Listen, whatsoever. We, we busted our ass for that $5.25 an hour back <laughs> yes. then, man. People complain about you, minimum wage today. Oh, try working nah. for like under $6 oh, no. an hour. And also, by the way, every time I got my goddamn review, like it was rare that I would get a 25 cent raise. I don't think they gave them shits out so easy. Like 10, 15 no. cents is your cap, bro. Like you're not going higher than that. It was just, I mean. Listen, after I clean else. some shit, you need to give me more than 25 cents. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Cleaning out vomit out the bathroom sink with the fajita scoop. Oh, that's <laughs> disgusting. Ew. It's hard to go and eat fajitas after that at McDonald's, let me tell you. Oh, it was terrible. Okay, but why are you going to McDonald's and eating fajitas anyways? I McDonald's mean, really. had everything back in the day. They had pizza. I know. Remember they had pizza? They yes, they had pizza and they had, uh, yo, my favorite thing in McDonald's back in the day was the Tex-Mex burger, bro. I would wait for that Tex-Mex oh, burger. Oh, yeah. That shit was that's amazing. True. and. Yo, the pizzas, we would make our own pizzas. It was like the coolest time. But the part pizzas of that, were like, actually really, pretty good. We, had, we definitely met some great people and had some good times at McDonald's yeah. too. So it wasn't all terrible. Oh, no. Um, you just I, have to clean up some vomit every now and again. Ew. But I will tell you, <laughs> the best part was checking the schedule and seeing that you're working with a homie. And that, that was it. You would look forward to going into work. Because the True. days where you were working with the – with just like the lames, like that wasn't fun. Yeah. You'd be like, "Oh damn, I'm working with no fun at all today." Uh, yeah. That's all part of the McDonald psychology of getting you to clean shit. Oh, we'll put them <laughs> with friends, and so like, no, it's true. It. Everything is yeah. psychological. There, you have no that, idea. That's some like that's some like war techniques. Like we use that at school. Well, we, we see, I don't know if pe- we shouldn't be telling teacher secrets, but teachers sit down at the end of the year and go through class lists. And we're like, nah, we can't keep these kids together. <laughs> and, we'll, and we keep oh, one friend. Yeah, we keep mm-hmm. one friend. It's all friend. psychological. We keep one friend, like a little like lifeline in the class. And so you see, that's what McDonald's did to y'all. They were like, we're oh, going to put did. them together. So put them on the night shift together so that when they get stick up or they get mugged or vomit and shit it on they're together they're okay they're yeah, you're right yo they played with it's us true. for real for real they played and then with maybe us. we'll true. give them a dime as a rate yeah mcdonald's i'm sorry mcdonald's y'all need to do better 
So, you know, I, this McDonald's and the, the pharma pre job was not the only place that I experienced physical assault. So are you ready for another? Oh, another I got we I got need anecdotes. To bring, we need to bring I got anecdotes. in here. Yeah, oh, know, my goodness. Ozzy. Your job's, Believe I don't me. know. There's a lot of violence in your jobs there. Nah, listen. So, you know, I don't know if volunteering works. It's still a job, right? You're volunteering. So still work. I was... I was doing my bachelor's of science in psychology at Concordia. And actually before that in health sciences at Dawson College, I was like, yo, I'm really into psychology and abnormal psychology at that. So my little 17-year-old ass went to Douglas Hospital. So oh. you guys, I know you people that are not in Montreal don't know. Doug, Douglas is a, is a psychiatric institution. And I feel like God was just preparing me. So let me just let me just set the stage here. I went to Douglas and I wanted to be a volunteer with the children's section. And of course, everybody wants to volunteer with kids. So they were like, no, ma'am, this section is at full capacity. You're going to the Alzheimer's ward. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward like 25 years. And unfortunately, my father has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I also experienced it with my grandparents, but I feel like I probably wouldn't have, I would have been way more shocked than I was when I saw my dad recently if Douglas had not prepared me for this um, experience. Yeah. So anyway, go to Douglas Hospital, go to the psychiatric institution. And I just want to mention, like, you know, again, God bless healthcare workers. But some of the people that work in the psych institute are crazier than the people who are actually in the institution. Hmm. Let me put it that way, because that head nurse... I walked in one day and she was literally throwing the fit of a lifetime. She was throwing every file and folder out of her office. So I'm in the, imagine I'm walking in the corridor and all I see is files and folders throwing, just being like flung out of an office into the hallway. And she was cursing somebody out. And I was like, oh, let me just mind my business and keep it moving. But there was a gentleman there who was a little aggressive. Unbeknownst to me, you shouldn't walk in front of him. I didn't know. So... They don't tell you these things. Like, give me a little disclaimer or something. That man punched me in the back of the head, and I saw stars. Oh, Let me tell you, <laughs> I saw stars. Oh, my goodness. So <clears throat> that was fun. Um, but there was a really nice hold old on, lady that I was. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. You said that was fun? No, I, this, no. It, I mean, listen. Mar. Listen, someone punched me in the back of the head. I'm sorry. You were finished. It, no, that part wasn't. He, he was an old sick man. He had Alzheimer's. He yeah, was better. He punched you in the man. back of the head. He punched you in the back of the head. I, I just listen. shouldn't walk in front of him. That's it. You just don't okay. walk in front of him. <laughs> like, hide his teeth or something. Like, get your yeah, own back. Oh, nah, my it was bad. goodness. Oh, my God. But all that to say, I had a little old lady who I was, you know, that I was partnered up with. And I used to go and take her out for walks. And things were cool until her paranoia would set in and she would swear I was trying to kill her, at which point I'd have to return her. It was it was something. But anyway, the point is that I feel like that was part of my path. You know, there was a bigger picture there. But um, I think that's the last place that I got assaulted. So everywhere, everywhere after that was up. <laughs> you, you've just been like assaulted in so many different jobs it's terrible it's bad it's bad why I've do you keep getting lot, these jobs where they do this to no i'm starting to I don't wonder know. i'm starting yes. to, wonder. to laugh at your misery but... no it's okay i feel much better now you know i've also learned not to hold a grudge i don't focus on the past i just look forward oh my god i don't know but 
Oh, I don't know, Mar, but I heard Oz say, oh, um, you know, that was part of my journey. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. I'll never forget it. My first year of teaching, I lived in England. And the kid came in high. And, you know, I can smell weed, right? Not maybe I partake. Maybe I don't. We're not saying that on air. But I know. My brothers smoke weed. And you know the one place kids don't understand that weed does not disappear from your fingertips. And so it stays on. And the kid passing by and I was like, yo, you smoking? Like, I'm 22, fresh out of Canada, in England. He's like, what's it to you, miss? What do you mean, what's it to me? Yo, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. Share the, share the goods, buddy. He took a Bible and threw it at my head. What? <laughs> yeah. What? I was like, yo, he took a Bible and threw it at my head. And then he proceeded to punch me in my jaw. And you know what? I'll never forget this because some kind of like, you know, when they say moms, they like lift cars up for their children and shit. Well, I don't know what super teacher power came in, but I pinned that little boy to the ground. He was 16 years old. I was 22. We didn't have that much age difference. I pinned that little boy to the guy. I said, next time you put your hands on me, we're going to fight. And I'm going to get deported back to Canada. <laughs> I'll never forget it. The vice principal comes in. Oh, Miss, you, Miss J, you can't put, put your hands on you. Homeboy just punched me in my jaw. And threw the Holy Bible at me. The kids wow. were like surrounding us like fight club. Fight, 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 fight. Oh, hell no. I know. I'll never forget it. And then the mom came in and called me a bitch. I said, well, if I'm a bitch, at least I'm a holy bitch. Because your son just threw the Bible at me. I'll oh, never no. forget wow. that first year of teaching. I was like, then everybody was like, nah, don't mess with Miss J, man. She she fights kids. You got to be like a garbage parent to be defending your child hitting the teacher. Listen. Like, seriously. Yeah, really insane. terrible. Uh, have you guys have you guys done what they call dipping the company pen in the company ink? Okay, I don't know what that is. What is that, Miranda? Sounds dirty. Office romance. Um, <laughs> yes, okay. I've done it once. <laughs> I've done it no. once. My situation doesn't count. I was in a call center yet again, and <laughs> the company was going bankrupt, and I was attracted to a colleague, and I did not get involved with him while we were still working, but we waited until after the company had shut down our last shifts, and then we started hanging out not really that quite the count. same thing not really that quite the same count. thing but there's been numerous no. times where you have a connection with someone you work with and it's like yeah i've, I've been pretty Should good I about staying away from that don't cross Should I the not line. cross this line right ever right. no i don't ever. think i i've ever experienced that because then I'm you have to, to go in you have to go and see the person every single day when you go back to yeah. work if things don't work out and potentially have them harass you, oh, stalk awkward. you. It's definitely terrible. awkward. It's yeah. really terrible. I've seen it happen to other people I know. It's it's the worst. It truly is the worst. So I would just say to all the listeners out there, you got to think twice before getting involved romantically with someone you work with, especially For if sure. it's in the same department. But Nisha, I, what did you I do? Ran out, I ran out the teacher out of my school. We... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Things ended so badly, you had to go get another Wait, hold job. On. This is somebody that you were romantically involved with? Yeah. See, okay. when we dated, I was the senior teacher. And I let him know 
See, viewers don't know me. You and Mario. He was a teaching assistant? No, he was a teacher. See, the thing is, when I first saw him, he was a black math teacher. I was like, oh, they're very rare in teacher world, right? So I thought, oh, you're cute. He's a little bit younger than me. Cute, attractive, appealing. And I'll never forget it. The kids clocked it that he was flirting. And my homeroom at the time was very possessive. They're like, nah, miss, we don't want you dating nobody. Like, you're good. And I'm like, you don't own me. <laughs> the kids are dictating to you who you yeah, can. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but to be real, to be, let me give you, like, in a timeline, this was like post, you know, post, I can't. It was the post-engagement. Remember, like, when I was engaged? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So the kids were like, nah. They're worried about you. Yeah, they were like, nah, miss. We ain't trying to put you back in there. But we dated. But I'll never forget it when we started dating. And we had you have to reveal it to your principal, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked him in his face. I was like, yo, if we break up, you got to go. I'm not leaving. (laughs) I said it live. I was like, you got to go to another school. Because I'm not leaving my school. And yeah, I've been here longer than you. You called first exactly. dibs? For, there was never a dib. I was never going. <laughs> and so we broke up. And then he, I remember he came and he was like, well, do I got to go? I was like, no, you don't got to go because we were cool. It wasn't. But really you need to get the hell up on out of here. <laughs> but he did leave. He did leave. Now he's at his own school. I'm at my school. And that's just what it is. I, I do realize that the reason we broke up is he said that I was too bossy. I guess it happens. No. Really? You? You bossy? Never. Never People need to understand, in my school, I walk like, kids move out of the way when they see me. They're like, yo, there goes Miss J. She's coming down the hall. No, you got to go. You can't stay in my school. What are you, crazy? You're a guest. (laughs) My my school. school. You're a guest in my school. I'll never nice forget school. that. That was my only dip of the double pen or whatever. Mar came up D- with dipping her. the company pen in the in the company company ink. Company ink. ink. Yeah. yeah, I haven't done it. And yeah, no, no, no. I'm gonna ask you off the air. I'm gonna ask you off the air who this guy was because I need to know. Why? <laughs> you he, put he, it out there. I need to know. He's married. He got three kids. I don't know. He he got married after he left. Yeah, he went for, okay, like, everyone has their taste. He went for a lady who listens to him. Uh, So he wanted to be the bossy one. It's okay. We're all right with that. But in school, I'm the boss. Every relationship has a dominant and a submissive. Exactly. But at school, I'm the boss. That's just the end of it. We got it. At home, maybe I'm the boss. Until nine o'clock. <laughs> Maybe. <sighs> oh, good All times, right, good times. So listen, we have got like, I'm so excited for next week's episode. Really excited. Azar, you came up with a great idea. I think Azar should mention it. All right. So guys, we're going to do, we, I feel like we should make top tens, like one of our themes, you know, like maybe not all the time, but every once in a while we throw a top 10 in there. Once a quarter. Yeah. I love it. So we're going to do a top 10 show next week. We're going to come with our top 10 individually, individually, our top 10 favorite songs to get busy to. Oh, well, right? I, know, I know Ozzy and I will both have Jodeci somewhere in that lineup. Me three. 
Oh, oh trifecta. Jodeci trifecta. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We should just give the show to Jodeci. We know for a fact that Nisha will have Jill Scott from like song seven up to one. It's possible. It's possible. Listen, it is faux show. And and we definitely know that we're gonna, there's going to be some dance hall up in there for Miranda. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now I have so, to think about like top 10 cancel culture top 10 or top 10 like. Listen, it's, it's top 10, baby. We're not thinking about anything else next week. Top 10. That's it. Yeah. So, you see, Jill Scott will definitely be up there. Jill Scott. Think will be about up it. There. Think about it. We'll talk about it more next and, week. And. We'd love to hear our listeners' exactly. feedback on that too. Let us know what your top tens. Because top tens, top tens have changed as we got older. Yo, I got to tell you, top tens are really hard for me. I suggested this, and then I was really mad at myself because it's for for some reason I get so stressed and anxious about putting together a list because what if I left somebody out and does this person yeah. really belong here? Or there, it is really stressful, but. But you don't get stressed with the knife behind your back or the change in your face or the guy who punched you in the back she, of your no, she was the an change bothered when me. that happened. The change really yo, bothered me, Nisha. I'm not going to lie. The change really bothered yo, me. Yo, that girl's out there. Yo, we catch you on the street on the corner. We go throw some change right back yo, at you. Yo, I have, I have nightmares of her face, bro. It's, terrible. No, it's no joke. Absolutely terrible. We're going to do some, uh, some, what is it, law and order, get a sketch artist, get her picture out there. You know, I mean, she's probably dead at this point. Oh. <laughs> she was 20-something years ago, and she was a meth head. She was a meth head, so, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Her days were numbered. Her days were numbered. <laughs> All right, Jesus. folks. So that's it. That's the end of this episode, and we thank you for listening in. Stay tuned to the next episode. We'll be back with more Messy Truths. Yes. That was fun, ladies. Until next week. Absolutely. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Stay dancing. Don't get punched in the back of the head. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peace. Peace, guys. Peace.